Today's dating world comes with a lot of BS. Ghosting, boring conversations, and endless first dates that don't go anywhere. It's complete BS, and it's got to stop. I'm your host, Kenna Renee, and Dating Without the BS gives you straight-to-the-point dating solutions so you can meet the exceptional partner waiting for you. So let's do it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today is going to be a super special episode I'm really excited about. I have a very special guest joining me today. Her name is Bao. Bao is an emotion-centered coach who helps adults that struggle with their emotions to befriend them and elevate their self-worth through emotional intelligence. You know that I am a firm emotional intelligence believer, right? It's the thing that guides our entire life and the quality of our life. Bao is French, and she lives in Germany, which is so fun. And she lives there with her husband and their baby boy. She to hike, to read, and host friends and family. And I know that you guys are going to take so much away from this episode today. So, Bao, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Kenna. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. This is so fun. So, I love that this is what you focus on because I think emotions, like one, we're first going to dive into the emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. piece. The, like, I think a lot of people talk about emotional intelligence, but I think there's sometimes a confusion about what it can be. So the definition, the correct definition of emotional intelligence is the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions, to self-regulate mm-hmm. and have a, a lo- have a level of awareness. So tell me about emotional intelligence, how it showed up in your life, how you stumbled upon it, and how it's impacted you. Well, um, I grew up in a dysfunctional family where um, emotions were not welcome, mm-hmm. and um, and I I I grew up so I there was a there was also some emotional like abuse and also gaslighting, mm-hmm. and then I had like this um, I grew up very uh, with a very low self esteem. Um, I reached the age of twenty five and I had no idea who I was. Um, I had no self self awareness at all, and also um, I knew nothing about uh, emotions. I was totally ignorant. The only thing I knew is that it was something that uh, I should be afraid of or mm. ash- ashamed of. Um, wow. Yeah, but somehow uh, I ended up being surrounded by only toxic relationships and friendships. And I really thought to myself that, that it must be, there must be something else. Like life cannot just be as complicated as that. There's a lot of drama and, and it was really also not, you know, like emotionally safe or healthy at all. So I, I started to work on myself and then I discovered that um, what the, the emotional neglect uh, I went through uh, in my childhood. And I also realized that emotion was really my, you know, uh, my salvation path. It was the way I would get, regain self-worth, that I would regain, you know, like self-esteem. And also I will be able to have healthy relationship with other people. Mm. Yeah. I love that so much. And I love what you said. I think the pinnacle for so much change in our lives isn't always like rock bottom. Like, I, I think it's really sad when people feel yeah. like they have to get to rock bottom to change. But when you said there must be, there can't be, this can't be all there is. There must be something more to life. 
Right. And I think so many people, like if they just had that aha moment, like there, there's gotta be more to my relationships. There's gotta be more mm-hmm. to my finances. There's gotta be more to like the quality of my life. Just having that aha moment of sitting with yourself right there is the catalyst. Like is it, it catapults you forward to changing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I love because, it. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, um, to me, it was really, I could see how I could always feel, uh, sad, you know, I had this, this big sadness and, and I was observing people that that would just realize like, they don't seem like, they don't seem to struggle. They don't seem to have such a heavy life. Mm -hmm. And I feel that as long as you haven't reached your rock bottom, you're still going to try to resist it. You're still going to try to fight everything and to, 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 to just try to, to survive and to make it the way you have always done. Hmm. But once you, you reach that rock bottom, it's just like, okay, I've tried everything. It's, it's, it's not going anywhere and I have to find, I have to try something new. So yeah. this is yeah. usually where people ask for help. Sure. Sure. And for me, I think emotional intelligence, I've come to figure out over the years, and we kind of talked about this before the podcast, emotional intelligence to me is such a sliding scale, right? Yes. Because once you start having awareness, like some emotional intelligence, I I think like the intro of emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. and what's required of it, you're like, okay, I feel like my life is so much better. And it is. (laughs) (laughs) But then you figure out, oh, each category of life, my emotional intelligence sways with each category of life. Yeah, I cannot agree more to that. I remember like, yes, I was like, okay, and now I feel self-confident and all this. And then suddenly you find yourself in a situation when a new you is required, a new part of you. And then suddenly you just like, oh, shit, I have to start from scratch again. And, mm-hmm. and it's sometimes frustrating because you feel like, but I did that work already. So <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't have to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But exactly. one, thing about, one thing about emotional intelligence. So I really like the term uh, emotional maturity more than emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Because I feel that when you talk about emotional matur- maturity, it's less a black and white situation. It's less, do I have it or do I not have it? Yes. So it's more like, um, am I aware right now of my pitfalls or my, of my mistakes uh, and how am I able to react to it? To mm. it? So then you don't feel in a situation anymore when you feel like you just had some setbacks. It's just, hey, I'm building my awareness still and I'm being more and more mature because maturity is the word like it has this... Um, this concept inside of it that it grows with you you know like that you grow mm-hmm. with it and it's less intelligence which is I feel that intelligence says more like um, that either you have it or you don't so mm, yeah. I see what you're saying I see what you're saying that's what it feels like that is a, a very interesting idea because I was actually driving home this morning like I, I wouldn't even say 10 minutes ago and I was reflecting, and this is going to sound really judgmental. It's actually not. I have a lot of um, thinking time. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about how 
when it comes to dating and relationships, what we don't realize is there's the actual mechanics of being in a relationship, the things that we do, how we show up for people. But then there's the, the huger part is our emotions. Like mm-hmm. our emotions drive and dictate every single thing that we do every single day. And mm-hmm. our emotions oftentimes are still stuck if, if you don't learn and practice the skill set of learning new emotions and how to mm-hmm. encapsulate your emotions, how to ma- mature, how to mature your emotions, if mm-hmm. you don't, if you aren't taught that and you don't take time to learn it, you're operating in an adult relationship at an adolescent emotional level. Right. That's why we're struggling. And it's not a bad thing. It's just that in school, we're never, you know, no one puts this on tests in school. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's an option to learn about this stuff in in higher education, but Mm -hmm. we're not taught that your emotions are something that we should intentionally mature with age. Yes, totally. I totally agree with that. It's really a skill. Yes. it's, it's, It's a skill about how do you know, how much do you know yourself and and also, how can you apply that with others? So how, how can you, you know, like, are you able also to recognize uh, the emotion of, you know, others? Are you able to recognize, um, to, to put yourself in their shoes, even if you don't share their beliefs or their, um, their culture or whatever? And, and there is also this um, mirror that you should be able to take that is part of emotional intelligence, like, are you able to recognize within you your own pitfalls? Are you to uh, because yes. I feel that yes, it is nice to be able to name an emotion, and mm-hmm. it is nice to be able to regulate yourself when you are being you know uh, triggered. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel that there is also a bigger purpose for emotion, mm. which is also like developing this overall skill to because you want to use it like what for is it uh to, yes to develop this? you want to use it in your relationships you want to be able to um enjoy your relationships and that they also have a good time with you so that's so interesting so you that was a perfect segue into like what else I wanted to talk about. So the first part of this is just like what is emotional intelligence? We now have emotional intelligence um and a perfect example to support it is emotional maturity, right? So if, mm-hmm. if we don't like the term emotional intelligence, I think that is a beautiful way to really step into honing your emotional intelligence is through emotional maturity, right? What does self-regulation look like? What is self-identification look like? What does, um, what, what is the sliding scale of my emotions when I'm at work versus when I'm in with my friendships versus when I'm in my intimate relationships, like my romantic relationships versus the relationships with my kids. And really just maybe even taking an inventory of like, what is the lowest, my lowest level of emotional intelligence that I can recognize within myself mm-hmm. in a certain category. And maybe do I want to go mature that area? Mm-hmm. And then just like pick one. That's a great way to start. Yes. But the other thing that you said is that we have the, I was watching Renee Brown's, um, a couple episodes of her 
the Atlas of the Heart, and she is a mm-hmm. studier of emotions, right? And she yes. was saying that she pulled in her research and her studies, she pulled people, and they were only able to identify three main emotions. When it came to emotions, there's a variety. I mean, there's hundreds mm-hmm. of emotions. But as humans, we're only capable of identifying, verbalizing three on a consistent mm-hmm. basis, which was so fascinating. Because a big part of my time, and I know it's your, the core work that you do, a big part of my time with mm-hmm. my clients is identifying our emotions, right? Understanding our emotions, not lumping anger or, or just anxiousness all in one, right? We could feel yes. trepidation. We could feel fear. We could feel um, insecurity. And we're, and we're labeling it as anxiousness. So we think expanding our vocabulary of our emotions because what people say, the experts have always said this, that we're only as able to go as deep and connect as deep with others as we are with ourselves. And I mm-hmm. don't think that that means knowing what you like and what you don't like. I think that actually means understanding your feelings about things. Yes, I totally agree with that. So you have... Uh, cognitive dim- dimension to, to to emotion, as you just explained. So if I don't have the language to express my emotions, then it's very difficult for me to grasp the concept of that emotion that I'm having. Yes. And, th- and this is why it also goes back to what you were saying about we don't teach that at school. What would already help would be uh, emotion literacy course, um, just to review like the different type of emotions and uh, what is the under, underlying story behind it? Uh, how does it feel? And it doesn't have to be something so deep. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be, you know, it, it can really be just a class, actually. Yeah. So people could have the words already to to help them navigate what, what they're going through. Absolutely. And I think, how do you think that that reflects interpersonally in our relationships when we are able to identify our true core emotion and articulate it. I think um, if I if I think about um, an intimate relationship, mm-hmm. um, I guess I would say that um, first of all, it um, it helps you not go not go into into this uh, very cliche, but also sadly also very. Uh, frequent situation when you blame the other one for how you mm. feel mm-hmm. and then you make assumption about uh who that person is because based on what they did and you also assume that they did that intentionally but when you come from a place where you talk about what you feel then it also open open the door opens the door where the other one can reflect on his own emotions and can also uh, be more compassionate and more empathetic towards you. Because it's one thing to say, mm-hmm. uh, well, you didn't do the dishes and um, and it sucks and I told you so. I told you to do it. And there is another thing to say, well, I'm very, very stressed. And to see uh, the kitchen in that state, it makes me even more stressed. And I would have really liked that you actually... Uh, take care of this because it would have shown that you're a little bit thoughtful, then you open a discussion when the other person can be 
Well, actually, I was thoughtful because uh, I did this and I did that. So it's it's less about blaming each other and it's mm-hmm. more about trying to understand where where we're at mm-hmm. and where we come from with that reaction. Yeah, and that's such what that example is really great. Um, one of the ways that I, a skill set I give my clients when it comes to communication is there's a three part. There's addressing his experience in the situation. There's addressing your request and why that's important to you. And you're, you're expressing how it's going to benefit the relationship as a whole. But a key component in order to do this is you have to understand yourself and why it's important. So for Mm -hmm. instance, a good example is when I first started dating my partner, he would always pick me up for dates. Mm-hmm. And I, one of my standards as a woman was a man who would do that. And I didn't do it because I was like, oh, I can't drive anywhere. I'm not that type of woman. I did it because I wanted to be with a man who wanted to care for a woman, not take care mm-hmm. of, but it was important for him to care for a woman. So in order to keep him doing that, picking me up for dates, I would say, you know what? Every time you pick me up, it makes me feel incredibly cared for. And so the, the communication, I obviously said it before, you know, when you pick me up, I know mm-hmm. it sometimes could seem a little bit out of the way, but when you do that, it makes me feel incredibly cared for. And I love the extra time that we get together that we get to have in the car talking. And that. it just really brings people together in a more yes. close, intimate way. Right. Yes. But we yes. have to understand ourself. We have to understand why is it that you have a certain standard that you do for men and how they treat you? And how does that make you feel? Do you feel cared for? Do you feel adored? Do you feel looked after? Do you feel reassured? Because if you don't know that, then we're literally just women who are making demands and requests of men, never knowing why they're buying in on it. And you just look like Mm -hmm. needy. I don't know. You, You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, before I um, before I met my husband, I was uh, very long single, mm-hmm. and so I get to meet a lot of guys, and um, it really helped me to actually have a list. And I I I literally had a list when I wrote down yeah. the things <laughs> I wanted about a guy. <laughs> yeah, and of course, yeah, yeah, tough. You know, I wanted him to be blonde and had blue eyes, but I also thought I also really wrote stuff like. Um, I want him to be emotionally mature. So for me, it, it meant I want him to be comfortable with vulnerability, vulnerability and feelings. Uh-huh. Um, I want him to be ready to learn and improve and also yep. to be able to embrace life and it's upside down. So not only, not only want to have the nice moments, but also to see the beauty in tough moments because I know myself and I know that sometimes I'm going through like intense times Mm-hmm. And um, that also that I am quite ambitious. So it means for me that my partner should be able to embrace the fact that I will want something better and I will also work for something better for myself, like even if it's just uh, emotionally or uh, intellectually or whatever. And he also should be able to embrace that because I cannot be with someone who who doesn't want to change because that's not me. And so... It was really funny because I had this clarity and I would, of course, not bring him to a date and be like, yeah, taking the thing. But I would 
I would always add something after I, I stopped dating a guy. And when I met my husband, I was like, oh my God, that's so much him. And after a few months dating him, uh, I read him that list. I told him about the list and I read him and he was like, yeah, that's pretty much me. Yeah. <laughs> it's <a good> summary. <laughs> that's so awesome. So yeah, I think understanding, learning, taking the practice into your life of, you know, without men around, right? Just randomly yes. throughout the day. How am I feeling? Mm-hmm. Right? And identifying, getting getting as specific as possible on the emotion, naming it, not just happy, sad, fine, um, angry, frustrated, annoyed, but getting more, more, more granular with your emotions and really going into introspection of understanding who am I? How am I feeling? Right? Because it helps so much with triggers. It helps so much with what you do next. I love what you said. Emotions are not just emotions. Emotions, I believe, are the fuel for our actions. So if we're moving through life with dimmed down emotions, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, But like you said, like everyone else looks happier. We're still going to move through life. We can still function. But the quality of our life and the actions that we're taking may not be as fruitful as we're hoping. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And also, I really like what you say. So one thing is that um, I think it's nice also, as you mentioned before with the example with your husband, um, it's nice to express emotions that are not only what we call the negative emotions. Yes, yes. It's nice also to be able to recognize that. And it also goes along with having our own standards then uh, about ourselves and also others. And I also feel that the time before you meet someone, uh, your next big relationship, I think it's so enriching to do that work because uh, this is really where you have the time actually to focus on that. Because... Once you meet someone else, then it's over. (laughs) Then you have to try to get to know that person too. And it's so much. And then one thing never comes along. So usually there is like a new job with it or whatever, you know. So um, I feel that the time when um, you don't get to be in a relationship and it's really actually a blessing. The way, depending on how you approach it, it can really Mm. be a blessing. Yeah, how you use the time, I say. I say that your dating life can actually be the training grounds for your future relationship. Because if I'm practicing my communication, if I'm practicing identifying my emotions, if I'm practicing, you know, breaking my emotional patterns that I learned from my family conditioning that I learned because someone taught me my emotional trauma responses, and I'm recognizing, oh my gosh, I'm having a response to what this man just did, but it's really because of my past, right? And I have mm-hmm. a moment to heal it in this experience. You're setting yourself up for success later down the road. Yes. Your relationship, yes, it's giving you insurance. It's going to succeed. Yes, because you would have already healed that before you meet the right one. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how often do you think people could, should and start identifying how they're truly feeling? Um, I guess, I don't know. I don't know what you'll recommend to your clients. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I no, say, I want to hear what you recommend. <laughs> um, I mean, ideally, uh, every time that you feel that something is happening, uh, and you just don't know what it is, 
uh, I think it's nice to take maybe 10 to 5, 15 minutes if you can mm. um, and park it somewhere and you can take notes on your phone or maybe a voice note or something. But uh, it's, I, I recommend to come back at it uh, in the evening when you have time for yourself mm-hmm. and just reflect a little bit on those. And you don't have to make like three pages of, of, of five or 10 of, of, of thoughts. It could just be a few words. So mm-hmm. you remember, you know, how you felt. And um, it's nice to come back to it because you're also trained then, um, you also train this self-awareness actually because yes. next, next time it happens if you come back to your notes and have some thoughts about it and you don't have to have the answer right away right away um but next time you would just be like hey i felt that before so what was that again and then you could just go back to your notes or um but at least i know after after a few times doing that, you will just recognize. You will not need your notes anymore. You will just recognize it. You will just be like, wait, yes, I know this feeling. Give me a minute, and then you will just you will just know. Yeah, absolutely. And it happens a lot in dating. A lot of times, women will be like, I don't know, I have this ick feeling, or I don't know, I have this. Um, I, you know, he invited me last minute to get together for a drink and I just got like uncomfortable with it. Right. And they don't really know the feeling that they're having, but that feeling, if you took the time to identify it will actually give you so much more understanding about yourself moving yes. forward. Cause sometimes when someone asks you last minute to hang out and you're like, Oh, I just don't feel like it. You're like, I just didn't feel like it, but it's actually, there's like actually something else going on. Mm-hmm. And if you find that there's nothing else going on, great but you just at least got to know yourself a little bit better. And it's kind of interesting. Like if we see our partner going through a little bit of frustration or having like their emotions are off and we sense it, we will pause and be like, Hey, like what's going on? But it's so interesting that we don't really do that with ourselves. Yeah. And the relationship (laughs) with ourself is the longest one we will ever have. I want to know, and I want to have safety when I'm with me. So much safety. And safety comes in knowing I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to identify and I'm going to support them. So then when everyone else around me supports me, it's just like a bonus. Mm -hmm. Right. What do you think is the byproduct personally from the work that you've done of starting to just starting to identify your emotions what do you think is the byproduct of that in your life i would say we don't think about it like this but um definitely Mm self-love and Mm -hmm. of course i'm not uh i mean i don't think there is anyone who is uh absolute pro with self-love and i have my moment (laughs) But uh, I would have never thought about this. And I realized how actually uh, loving myself um, really makes me enjoy the people around me so much better. Oh, I love because, that. <laughs> because everything, in the end, m- many of the things that I feel about people, whether it's good or bad, it's going to be a reflection of me. So 100%. If I, if I feel bad with my colleagues, uh usually when I dig, I realize I don't like something about him or her that I have myself and I don't like about myself. So definitely 
having this introspection and brings you not a new awareness where you can build self-love on and also have so much more um, um, fulfilling relationship with others. Yes, absolutely. And if you guys all heard my man just sneeze, <laughs> you can <laughs> just completely comes through the door. I don't even know how. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I 100% agree with you. And this, I think this just goes back full circle to like the beginning of our conversation where it's the, the more in depth you are with yourself, the more connected you are, the more that you can love others. It gives you the freedom to love them. And I think one sign that I see is an indication that there is a need for deeper self-love. And I want to say the di- there's a difference between self-love and self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even say self-acceptance. It's self... Um, it's like, not apprehend, like you're just, you're fine. You're like, I, I like myself, yes. right? You're just like, yeah, yeah I, f- I feel like I'm a good person. Like I like myself. I think there's a difference between that, right? There, It's like, there's different levels of depth to self-love. And like you said, none of us are perfect. We're all on this journey together. There's different, it changes every day. But when you start identifying your emotions and starting to start to understand yourself it's like building a relationship with somebody else and you begin to love yourself. Like, it's so weird. You don't have to take these actions. You don't even have to say affirmations. You just are Mm -hmm. like, oh, you gave me the time that I needed, that I was craving to understand me, to hear me, right? To honor my emotions. And that level of self-love, you feel it so deeply. Yeah, I really agree on that. I I love what you said, and I also feel that self love is an act, and self, as you just said, self acceptance is something rather passive. It's okay, I accept myself, but self love is really an act. So you're gonna look for things to do to uh, to fill yourself with love, actually. And when you reach a certain level, uh, I feel that the relationship you have around you, it's um, you enjoy them, but it's a it's a big plus. It's a big bonus. Oh, but yeah. in the end, what matters the most is the relationship with yourself. So it also means that um, if things go south with your friends or with your family or with your partner, then I don't want to say that's not a big deal because it is. But it hurts less because you also feel more... Um, you have this important relationship that is the relationship with yourself. Oh my gosh, 100%. And... Yes. <laughs> and when, one thing I didn't get to say before, um, because I think I completely forgot, was that a sign that we might need some self-love, which could just start with paying attention to our emotions, is that when we're getting overly critical with men on dates... So if we're going out there in the world and, you know, sometimes your friends or your family be like, you're just too picky, you're too picky, you're too picky, right? If they're, if you're hearing that a lot, not just like once or twice, but you're hearing a lot, what I recognize is that if we are overly critical of others, we are also, it's an inward reflection of ourself. We're kind of critical of ourself. And this piece of getting critical with ourself is the, um, the alert system of like, oh, we need some more self-love. Mm-hmm. I totally right? agree. Yeah, and looking and looking it w- inward and into your emotion is actually self love. 
is taking care of yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And because emotions are the thing we don't pay attention to the most. I mean, it's the most. Even when I'm working with my clients, it is the most uncomfortable part of our time together. They're like, they hate it. They're like, I don't want to look at this. I don't want to go there. I don't want to pay attention to it. I want to be strong and I want to just keep going and I want to keep moving forward. And I'm like, no, no, no. This is the secret sauce strength. Right. Absolutely. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I also understand why people, I mean, I was there too, so I understand why people are scared to look into that because they just might think, well, I don't know what's there. I don't know what I'm going to discover. I don't want to discover anything bad about myself, something even worse than what I know about myself. And they can also be scared that everything that we, they will discover will confirm that other people were right or you know, um, that they were right about themselves. And it's scary. I, I get it. And I guess that this is also the, the reason why you and I do this work is that if it becomes too scary, but you also feel that you need to do this work, it's good to reach out to a professional because mm. uh, this person will help you. This person will st- stand by your side when you do the work and it will seem less scary than mm-hmm. it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what you start realizing through the work, my one of my last questions to you is going to be what freedom comes as a result of focusing on our emotions And I think we just touched on it. You have such a freedom in life. Yes. Because there's this tapping in, this awareness, this getting befriending of your emotions. It Mm -hmm. actually is your power source. Because when you're not afraid of your emotions, I want you to think about it. Then there's nothing in life you can't endure. There's no conversation you can't have. Because all that's going to come from it is an emotion. Mm-hmm. And if we can feel and recognize and identify all of our emotions, you're pretty unstoppable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And I also feel that you feel less, you feel less a prisoner of your emotions. Mm. So you're not scared of what they could be, what they could become, your you also have access to another level of authenticity. Yeah. Because you're, you're allowed. You're allowed to be because you know that emotion will not be bad. Whatever comes, you will know how to deal with them. You will know what to, what to learn from them. And you will welcome them instead mm-hmm. of being scared of reacting in one way or the other. So totally. It's totally freedom and authenticity. It's I loved what you just said. So tell people how they can get in contact with you, how they can maybe work with you. And I appreciate you coming on and having this raw, vulnerable conversation about our emotions because we all, you know, we, we like to skip around <laughs> it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so they can reach me on my, um, on my website. So it's uh, Bao Yang. So B-A-O-Y-A-N-G dot D-E. So I'm on the German uh, um, host. And right. uh, otherwise, there is my Instagram when uh, it's uh, bao, B-A-O, uh, dot yang, dot coaching. And they can reach me there. And I just 
launched my two new programs, one about self-awareness and one about uh, self-revelation. So there was still the early bird prize. So go for it. <laughs> awesome. That is so great. Thank you again so much for letting me pick your brain and sharing your knowledge with us and whether this is new to you or whether this is something that you are familiar of and you feel like you're pretty in tune with your emotions, here's what I say. We can never be too in tune. The relationship that we have with ourselves is the longest and it is what supports all of the other relationships that we have. And the deeper that we're willing to go with our emotions, the more rich our connections are going to be. And I think we're all craving that anyways. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Anna. It was so much fun. Awesome. We'll talk soon. All right, guys. Have a good day. I'll see you next week. Hey, if you want to create a memorable dating experience that leads to the man you want to do life with in just six months, it's time for a coach and we need to chat. Send me a message at kennarenee.co at gmail.com or on Instagram at thekennarenee.co.